You can watch this show on the Aftershock XL Network YouTube channel. Listen to this show anywhere, anytime, on any device, wherever you stream your podcasts. What's up, y'all? This is me, DMC, and a place to be. Hey, this is Mark Hudson. And right now, the only place for you to be is right here, rocking and watching and listening to the Aftershock XL Network. So subscribe and share and welcome the hostess with the mostess. My friend, my brother, my mama Luke. The amazing Steve Steve Grillo. Thank you for tuning in to another Grillo's Aftershock XL on the Aftershock XL Network. I want to start off the show by saying thank you to somebody very close to the show. I want to thank my producer, Noah, who's been working endlessly and tirelessly to make the show look like this. Uh, he created this wonderful background. We got the green screen, and he's been working hard. We're going to be on a lot of different platforms coming up real soon. You're going to be able to say, Alexa, I want to listen to Grillo's Aftershock XL, and it's going to be able to come up. Every week, the show is growing, 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 and this specific show today is really putting me on the map. I'm very excited to be able to have these uh, guests that are coming on today because they are absolutely icons in the rock and roll world, rock and roll hip hop, hip hop world. I'm getting a little nervous here because I have some really big guests tonight. And uh, first thing first, um, a big congratulations goes out to the uh, my next guest, Mr. Mark Hudson. People may know him from the Hudson Brothers back in the day. He is a musician, a producer, a writer, a singer, and an all-around great storyteller. Mr. Mark Hudson, everybody. Thank you, my brother. Yeah, you have a big congratulations coming to you, my friend. No, I know. Isn't How wonderful was that, Steve? It's like... Well, uh, Sunday night was the Grammys, and yeah. your daughter was like the superstar of the Grammys. Tell everybody, be, be that yeah. father. Well, this is what the thing is. I'm going to be a proud papa for a second. No, you know, right my, my daughter, my daughter Sarah, you know, when she was graduating from school, she said, "Oh, Dad, I, I know what I want to be. I know what I want to do," and and I was praying that she was going to say, an accountant, a veterinarian, anything. But she goes, "I want to do what you do," and that's when I went, "Oh my God, no!" Because this industry. As you well know, Steve, is brutal. Yeah. But I'm not going to take away her dream. I mean, how can she, how can I tell her what not to do when I look like I've had oral so sex with a bag of skills? So, what happened Sunday night? What was your press conference? Okay, man? so like, she. Were you, were you she, nervous? Like, were you nervous? Uh, are you sitting there? No, no. I, you know what? I was, but it's weird because, you know, I'm, I'm an elder statesman now, and half of the music that's going on. I'm trying to understand. Like I got Harry Styles because it sounded kind of like rock-esque. But when it got into like people twerking and bodacious tatas, it, it reminded me of when I used to go to strip clubs. Our next guest is going to wind up being able to weigh in on what happened. But tell, tell your proud papa moment, and then I'll okay. introduce the next guest. All right. So my, my daughter, Sarah, has worked with everybody from Katy Perry. She wrote Dark Horse. And she also worked on the Dua Lipa album like all over the album, physical and also the, 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 the major hit. And I'm watching this and I'm going, oh my God, she's got a chance. And then out of the blue, like, you know, and, and I was nervous and didn't want to see anything. My, my, my wife, Melissa goes, she's going to win this one. And I went, who made you Kreskin? And all of a sudden he reads <laughs> the paper and Dua Lipa wins. She thanks my daughter. I start uncontrollably weeping because I'm so proud sure, of her. Yeah, yeah. And you're Italian. Yeah, but I, but I don't I don't have words to say how proud I am of her because she busted her ass. It wasn't like, oh, my dad's a famous songwriter, producer. She worked at it for eight years before anything good happened to her. So she's getting everything she deserves. I wrote her an email and said, Sarah, please keep writing hits. Pretty soon dad's going to be in a diaper and I'm going to need a guest house because she can start paying for me now. I'm yeah, very happy for you. You have no idea. It's like Thanks, a, a proud Steve. papa moment. And I, I, you know, it's so weird. I, I brought this show together and there's one common glue to all three three guests that are coming on today. One of them is the, the main glue that's going to hold the show together is Aerosmith. And the reason being is you wrote Living on the Edge. You're friends with I Steve and, and the whole band yeah. and you work with them. Yeah. And my next guest, 
who it's like it's always fun to have an iconic person on your show, but it's even better to have an iconic person that you like was an influence in your life uh, growing up. And that that to me was Run DMC. And talking about the Grammys and Aerosmith, Aerosmith was the first rock and rap band to come together and they remade Walk This Way. And Walk This Way actually introduced me to Aerosmith. I was a Run DMC DMC fan and Walk This Way turned me on to Aerosmith. And it's my pleasure and honor to have DMC here on my show with you, Mark Hudson. Great, man. I love those guys. Hey, what's up? What's up, There he is, hey, brother. What's happening, y'all? What's good, Mark? It's all good, man. It's all good. Rocking and rolling. What's happening? I, I, it's all it's only, the only thing I'm good at. I can't spell and I'm bad at math. Gotta that's rock it. and roll. Yep, that's it. And you're write a song. Too. That's what I say. Write a song. Play the drums. Pick up a guitar. Look, pick up a tambourine. Get Anything. in the band and and, and spread you know, love. One of the great things about New York City is I walk out my door. And I, everything I hear is either a rhythm, you know, a subway doing this or yeah. someone yelling doing that. And the yeah. whole city is musical. Yeah, it's a lot. Yes, you're right. I, I know. True. And that's yeah. what makes you go, okay, yeah. this is where I belong. Just like For that. Sure. And yeah. by the way, what you guys did with Walk This Way, even then, it was so great. It took, it, it made white people credible. Considering you guys both worked, you guys both worked with Aerosmith, and now the original "Walk yep. This Way" was different. It went "Walk This Way," and then, and then you guys, and when Stephen redid it, I think it sounded uh-huh. so much better. Now, Mark is a producer. No, I, it's funny. And, it's uh, funny. I like. It's funny. A lot when the record first came out, a lot of their fans who was kind of mad that the rappers was messing something up again. Once they heard it, it was like, yo, we kind of like the Run DMC version better. Me personally, I love the original version better. There's just sonically, there's just something about the sound of the drums and the guitar yeah. and the way it was recorded. You know, I guess I guess I'm a rock guy by heart. But, yeah, but you know what it missed that you guys brought to the table? What was, was that? the angst. Uh, and and Aerosmith okay. is a good rock and roll street band, but right, they're right. not street like Run DMC. Right, 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 right. So when you guys did it, there was a bit of hey, get the ass out of here. Right, right. We put the little oomph in it. Yeah, the little, <laughs> and, and, and the oomph yeah. is what I die for, man. Exactly. And so, but you know, one of the possibly one of the greatest MTV videos ever. Like that was at the stage where MTV actually played videos. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. Gonna, they you're they gonna, should be sued. MTV should be sued now for false advertising. And every and, day, this whole country sits there, and they let them call it MTV. It's not music television anymore. I know. Like I heard you talking earlier about how 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 asinine our this this country has become. Like when you when you started playing the reality shows. It's, it's just a respectful thing to change the name of the network. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 the lyric is MTV because music is the cool thing, because music succeeds where politics and religion fails. And we have been allowed, I mean, rock has done it, hip hop has done it. It's so Paul, true, man. We, 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 we allow these knuckleheads, these corporations, look, <laughs> take it and make your money and pollute that, but don't mess up our cultures. Don't mess That's up the art. Yeah, that's why I'm See, drawing am I, allowed to, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, go See, right ahead. Yeah, okay. When they, start, when they start fucking with Mr. Potato Head, we're in trouble. I have to fuck. We're in trouble. Anyway, I, I understand all the, the sensitivity of it, but imagine if Richard Pryor or George Carlin, yes. I can name you a million of them, that would have yeah. their asses kicked now if You're they right. were doing their act. Yep. I, yep. I miss the fact that They'll paint a thong on the statue of David because they don't want to show his quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. That's Drunk. coming soon. But, but then, I okay, know. D, uh, did you watch the Grammys on Sunday? I can't look at it no, no more. I mean, <laughs> okay. yo, it's like, and, and you know, it's not an old thing. I hate when people, you know, I'm 56 now. So when people get like, 40 
That's the thirty-eight year old. The thirty-eight year old guy still think they're young and cool, but you're not. You're thirty-eight. But I hate when people go, "I must be getting old because I don't know." It's not because of that. I examined it. I studied it. I thought about it. The reason why us OGs or people who have, who have been involved with something from the beginning, the reason why we don't understand what's going on now is not because we're older. It's because when we were young, when we, when, we, when we were the young creators, when we were the young innovators, when we were the ones that said what's cool or not, we were young people with higher expectations of yes. ourselves in our art. Right Everything on, wrong with our music industry is not because of age. It's because of the knuckleheads we allow to run it right now who don't care about the art. And those individuals, they don't come to Mark. They, they don't have the spirit that you had when you were 16. I know. You carried into your director. They don't care about none of that. Yeah, and but they, the they, gotta, they, they, got, they gotta get back. They've got to get back to it. The other part of it is now people become famous that can't sing, ah, can't write. Bad. It's manipulated. What's that called? That auto, auto correct or whatever they do when they say. Auto tune. Auto tune. Like, like if you turn that off, they're nobody. Oh, we see. But the thing is, even right. even from a songwriting perspective, it's all about the song first, and yep. then the singer second, and then the band third. So we, we got to get back to. We got to get back. You, you, we, we still exist, but nobody yeah, we cares do. about it because we're it, being pro. It's funny, the other day, my, my, wife, my wife, Melissa, and I were watching one of those shows on PBS, you know, All the Bands of Motown, which, you know, oh, I, yeah. give me gambling, huff in the South Philadelphia stuff any wow. day of the week. And some of these people, since you've been gone, she can still sing her ass off. And yes. because she's like 63, they don't want to know anymore. That's so crazy. Gladys Knight is one of the greatest singers today of yep. all time. So yeah, why, today. why can't you just judge it on the talent and not on the fact that we look like a Cabbage Patch doll now? I have bag drag. Everything is dropping and falling off. But that doesn't mean that I still can't do <laughs> the other stuff. The and the other that, stuff right. is really, really important. Yep. And, and the now, other thing is, as a songwriter, You've got to be able to let go. And anyone that has a hit, I'm proud of them. Even that fat guy that did Gingham style. I don't know yeah. what the fuck he was doing, but happy Gingham. Let his <laughs> right chubby on. little body go and yeah, save yeah, all but I, I, I just recently went back and watched it again because, you know what? Like, I, I didn't know what that song, because I'm not really, I'm, it's not like back in the day where I was like listening to music on radio where you were waiting for that, that song to play on the radio again. I don't listen anymore. And... The first time I had seen that song, it was a skit on Saturday Night Live. And the oh, first wow. time I heard that beat, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, you haven't heard this? This guy's blowing up. And I'm like, yeah. no, but that song, that song, that beat is like dope. And, and you don't know what he's saying, but he's dropping lines in some type of language, and it sounds great. And, and who are these you other know? kids that are out now that all look like an Asian David Bowie? Was it BTS or SOB? The Korean kids. Oh, the, the, that thing is it's so like cute. 98 of them, and they're all like dancing yes. and singing. Good for them, man. I mean, my thing is grab onto it and go, and God bless you for being successful. And yep. then I say, hold on to your money because that changes too. That changes now, too. Yep. Changes you know, like the engines. See, I don't know yeah. if you know this, but Mark, Mark from back, you know, from back in the day, him and his brothers had a really big uh, show. Right, that that was like what it was before Sonny and Cher. You know, we 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 replaced Sonny and Cher. We were regulars on their show, okay. and then we became the summer replacement. Oh, so, and, oh, wow! Yo, know, D wrote D. He wrote one of the best Aerosmith songs to date, which is "Living on the Edge." And I, you have a really good Thank you. you have a really Amazing. good story behind that, don't you, Mark? Well, I mean, yeah, this, what is what, this is what the thing is. You know, you know, as a songwriter. Uh, and even though I was a Hudson brother, we made records, and Bernie Toppin was our producer because we were signed oh, wow. to John, all that yeah. stuff. Once, once that was no longer, I developed my songwriting career so I could just be a songwriter. Mm. And I started writing for a bunch of different people. You know, Cher did one of my songs. Mark Arrow, Mark Arrow, great. <laughs> I got a phone call. He said, "Do you want to go work with Aerosmith?" And I went, "God, are you kidding?" Of course. Wow. So the first thing you do as a songwriter is you listen to all of their stuff. 
Mm. And you go, this is the groove they like. This is the key that Steven sings in. And and then a Joe Perry riff, which you can never get as good as. But you right. try to come up with stuff like that so that they'll hear it and go, oh, yeah, uh, we could do something like that. So right. they, they fly me to Boston. And, and Joe Perry, bless his heart. I don't know how he was with you, but he's very shy. Very you know, shy. Yes. Very shy. Yeah, like shy. A sweet, very shy. Beautiful you know? human. But shy. So Quiet, we're gonna, like, no, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't even speak. He just goes yes or no. I know. Joe, like, he'll, he'll go. He'll go. <laughs> oh, are you hungry? He'll go. Joe, uh, absolutely. Okay? He'll, he'll shake go. his. Well, right? so yeah, we with were the cigarette working. hanging out his mouth that don't fall. No, I know. <laughs> we were working at his studio in 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 Duxbury. So I show up there, and the studio is beautiful. And I walk in, and I'm trying to hustle. I'm trying to get the cut. Right. So I go. Wow, Joe, what a great studio. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> hey, you think the Yankees will ever beat the Red Sox? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I tried yeah. to be Bostonian. I be Bostonian. I said, give me some clam chowder. How's with some chowder? And he was like an oil painting. So I'm thinking, oh, my God. He's so shy and beautiful. And by yeah. the way, when I first saw him, there he was with his leather vest, his waxed chest, Cigarette, like you said, running yeah. out of his mouth. And I actually made a noise like, eh, because he was so cute. I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, he's a rock god. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be a real long day. Then I hear a car screeching. Eh. The door opens, and there he was, backlit like a Spielberg movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And total opposite, opposite, right? The oh, yeah, never seen a mouth that big in my life. Yeah. And, was, yeah. and then finally I'm thinking, thank God, someone like me. He comes in. <laughs> We hit it off immediately, and I play him some of the stuff that I had. And they were kind of digging it, but very sort of removed. Mm. Then Steven Tyler, bless his dysfunctional heart, he said to me, what would you bring to the band if you were in Aerosmith? Mm. And I thought to oh, myself, wow. oh, my, oh, thank God I was wearing brown pants, because I was going, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and I go, what would I do? And, and I said, and I just figured, here goes nothing. And I grew up a Beatle freak. And John Lennon, to me, was my reason for existing. Wow. So I said, well, I've got this thing. And I start strumming the guitar. Something's wrong with the world today. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with our eyes. We're living on the edge. And uh. Stephen goes, stop, stop. And I've never seen a mouth that big. Stop. <laughs> never seen a mouth that big in my entire life. I thought there was like a family having lunch on his tongue. It was yeah. <laughs> John Lennon's in the room. John Lennon's in the room. He's in the room. Wow. So the song wrote itself. 20 minutes later, it was done. Wow. It became the first single. It became a Grammy. It, it paid for my divorce and my penis extension. <laughs> it paid for everything that everything. any white guy would ever want. Wow. Yeah. So now, uh, yeah, you had that song already prepared. Uh, you, uh, you already wrote that well, song? I, I had written it three I had written it three years before I brought it to him. Mm. And, and, and who was it? Yeah, yeah, but the insecurity goes, oh, my God. Am I not talented anymore because I was talented three years ago? And that, and that means nothing. Yeah, Rick song, Rubin said, don't think about it like that. He Absolutely. said, don't, don't think that your old stuff is better than your new stuff and your new stuff it will never be the old stuff. He said, never think that. It's it, true. It, it's, it's always in the now anyway. Just because now, you wrote it 30 years ago doesn't mean it ain't going to bust heads now. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Word. So you just so, got to be Mark, true to wanna, it. I, we, if you don't want to talk about it, we can. But I know there's an interesting story about how you wrote that. And you, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But I, the, the 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 story behind living on the edge, how living you wrote it, is sort of interesting. Yeah, well, you were living on the edge at the time, correct? Oh no, no, I was well on the edge and almost you know hanging on by two fingers. So I kind of wrote the song really about myself and, 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 and the way that I felt in my heart. So when I go, you know, something's wrong with the world today. The light bulb's getting dim, like the world's going bad. Mm. If you can judge a person by the color of his skin. You're a better man than I, because I always wanted to say the things that I loved, but society wouldn't let me. Mm -hmm. So I was swallowing quaaludes and Jägermeister and anything I can get my hands on, 
just to get myself out of the pain of not being listened to for what my, wow. it was very, it was, it was like Van Gogh. And I said to Steven, sometimes I feel like Van Gogh. And he went, yeah, Van Gogh, fuck yourself. I said, okay. But the idea of that was he was never understood. And right. I was trying to find something so I could be understood. And then after after that came out and I became popular, I got a chance to work with the Scorpions. I, I thought they were a Zodiac sign. I didn't know what awesome. they were. Yeah, yeah, wow. German. Believe me, we, we rock you like a hurricane. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? A good song can be written for anybody. A good song can be written. You know that, man. Yeah. Look at all your yeah. stuff. It's just like yeah. it came from the heart. It yep. came from the street. Yeah. And and exactly. when it, when you What's that? D, when you guys, or D, when you guys were in the studio, well, yeah. like, what was your motivation in your different songs? Like, what was the one song that, when you were there and you were like, you put your, you put all that collaboration into it. It came from someplace. What song was that? What was that big song for you where you knew that this is what I was meant to do? This, this is where I'm going to turn the corner. Oh, probably uh, King of Rock. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably was King of Rock because it, it, it was. Like when I was growing up, I wasn't into soul music because when I was a kid, the soul music was my mother and father's music because they were still, you know, they were still in their 30s and right. 40s. So Al Green and uh, Marvin Gaye and Aretha Spinners. Franklin and Spin, that was my mother and father's music. Now, I grew up hearing it, but as at, at, at that teen, you know, 12, 11, 12, 13 years old, I didn't have a music that defined me. But the music that right. did define me, especially in the 70s, was 70s rock radio. 70s rock radio and 70s folk music, because the radio was beautiful back then, because they would play Slide and Family Stone, James Brown, mm -hmm. Jackson 5, but they also played Harry Chapin, Jim Croce, wow. Joni Mitchell. Woo! So I started hearing all of the, Bob Dylan, like, yep. you know, Jim Croce and Harry Chapin, they were songwriters. That's great, D. And... What was cool about John Lennon was one of my favorites too, Mark, because, you know, I would hear about the, how big the Beatles was, but then I would hear about what John Lennon was doing for social issues, like sleeping instant naked karma. in the bed and yeah. instant karma. And he was talking about emotional stuff. So yep. when I would hear rock and folk rock, I could relate to it because I, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Me so too. I, I was. You went to Catholic school. Oh yeah. You're Twelve that's years. You're Twelve years. That's why. That's why you're blessed with the music because we've been impacted by. That, Early that, on, that, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's, but but for me, it was. Um, you know, I was a good student, so a lot of the folk. I mean, Marvin Gaye did do what's what's going on, but most of the soul music was about girls in love. Where when I started hearing Neil Young make songs about the shooting at Kent University. Absolutely. When, when, John, yep. when, when, John, when John Fogarty did Unfortunate Son, I'm like, they're talking about presidents and they're talking about government. And, you know, even a lot of the punk music was talking about the, the anti-establishment and we're going to be who That's we want to so be. And, and, and uh, you know, we're going to say what we want to say and we're going to dress the way we want to dress. You can't control me. I saw some some something heroic about that because I was also in the comic books. But to make a long story short, I can relate to a lot of the, the, the issues that Fogarty and Lennon and yeah. Crosby, Stills, Young and Nash and Joni Mitchell and Dylan was singing about. So fast forward to you incorporated. Yes. Yeah, so in '79, when I discovered hip hop, it was like okay, a lot of hip hop was about. You know, I got more rhymes than you, and more money than you, and better than you. And I was like, nobody's talking about the issues that affect wait, the wait, individual. Wait, wait, so wait, uh, real quick. Well, since you're talking about whose rhymes were who, the best line ever was, "If you say uh -huh. I stole your rhymes, we're gonna have to fight because I just made, just the made the motherfuckers up last, up night. last night." <laughs> but um, yeah. all right. but, so, I mean, yeah, so you were stealing shit. You know, sorry, go ahead, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About so, long, long story short, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be the best rapper. Because I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted Mick Jagger to respect me. <laughs> you know, I wanted to walk in a room and have Van Halen and Bob Dylan say, "Young man, I love what you're doing." So in '85, when we did the King of Rock, I was just imagining. Now you gotta understand, this is funny. I was pretending to be the King of Rock. I don't want to be the King of Rap. 
You know, I want Elvis to bow when I walk in a room. That I want so Chuck Berry to get up and give me, and it, this is coming Do from Do I love thing. you more for that, man? It is yeah, so, so great. when I, I said, I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MC should call me sire. So when I say to burn my kingdom, you must use fire. I would say, you could burn down my house. You could burn down my car. You could take all my money, but you'll never take this spirit from me. So I won't stop rocking till I retire. Woo! I had no idea that rock would accept me that Oh, way. yeah, man. Are you kidding? You know, like, Mark, that, that was so the thing. Big, I was man. like, I, 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 I love and you know what these really guys funny, are you're, you're saying that you want, you're saying, I, I want you, Dylan and Lennon, I want uh, those guys. To like All me. I ever wanted to be was James Brown. <laughs> I was going to the way. If I could well, do splits, I would have done it in a heartbeat. That's what, it, that's what it's about, being like, yo, if I ever yeah. get the chance, I want to live up to those expectations. Yo, you know, this, I, like, this great, <laughs> I get this great story because I had worked with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, and wow. he said that Black Sabbath, after the first album, they went to Philadelphia to play. And they walked up on stage, and you know, they were all screwed, just ready right. to you know, all their songs and stuff. Right. And the entire audience was black. Right. And they right. just were staring at him. And they finished the first song and silence. And Ozzy goes, uh, 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 What's the matter? Don't you like the music? And one guy goes, We thought you were black, Sabbath. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, so, and I said, Ozzy goes, we, we kept playing and they ended up loving it. And that, you know, you know, you know what's funny, Mark? My, my wife thought Run DMC was a white rock group. Okay, there you go. Because <laughs> she's, she's a black girl from Connecticut. So when, she, <laughs> when I met her, and she's 10 years younger than me. So she was in the um, New Edition. And, and, oh, and God, yeah. So she, her sisters knew about Run DMC. She thought when she met me, she said, I thought Run DMC was a white rock group. You're black. Now, you know, I wanted to ask you something, D. Uh, I had only heard, I don't know if it's true, but maybe you can confirm it. That, mm -hmm. And I ended up stealing this from what I heard about you guys, that sometimes you would just go on the street, you know, with like the little cassette, and you'd record like the subway going. Yeah. And you take a sound of we a sample some, anything. And, and that was it. That's everything because of you, Mama Luke. It, everything was a, like you, you, like you just said it, Mark, at the beginning of this. You walk outside and you hear all of that is music. Yeah, all of it. All but of it. I heard that you anything. guys were the first that took a cassette out into the street and you heard the traffic go by or you heard the subway run. That's no, so no, we wasn't the first. We probably was, we probably was like maybe the the seventh, but it, it was just that we were the most known, you know. Yeah, we you know what? Me, right now, you're here on TV, so lie. Say you were the first. They were the okay, first. I'm the first. Yeah, we first. There you go. Good. They won't catch yeah, you. The, but, it, but you know, the there, there was no, it, you know, it was, it was just all of, yo, that horn. Yo, sample that horn. We put that yeah. on the record. It was anything, anything that we could make noise with, because, like you said, Mark, all noise is music. It you, is. You know, you, you could have a great song. With just lyrics, I got I got a song where I say, um, "If I could rock a rhyme without any music, then I would do it. If I could save a life, if I could have a beat without any lyrics, then y'all would hear it. If I could save a life, so all to when we come together, that is we so bring great. This, right? You know what I'm saying, Mark? When yeah, I know exactly. When we're you're writing that same, song, we're speaking the same thing, man. Yeah, for and, sure. and the thing is, what I I wish we could get back to music being universal. The one thing yeah. that I miss from the early days, I'm not even talking the 60s, mm -hmm. where number one song would be the Beatles, number two song would be Eddie Fisher, number mm. three song would be Glenn Campbell. Yeah, Glenn Campbell. This whole potpourri of yeah. sound. Yeah. And it was all accepted. Now, it's, it, now like it's put in categories and manipulated it's, for it's such a category. Means. I know. Yeah. I know. So guys, I'm doing my wow, best not to sound yeah. old. No, you're, you're not like, so you're young. Yeah. No, yeah, Mark is not old. He just uh, thinks he is. But I want to do that, that story, the King of Rock story, uh, just gave me chills. Seriously, I got you know, chills. You know, hold up. That's too amazing. Here's what I wanted to add to Steve, now that you said that. So when we get inducted in, into the Rock Roll Hall of Fame in 09, this blew my mind. So we get inducted. So before the ceremony start, they call me over. Yo, D, come over here. We got to tell you something. And I go, what? 
They said, you guys are prophetic. I was like, what are you talking about? They said in 1985, y'all did a song called The King of Rock with Larry Bud Melman from the David Letterman show <laughs> at the front door of a rock and roll museum saying, you guys can't come in here. This is a rock and roll museum. I said, so what's prophetic about that? He said, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame didn't start till 86. Oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> it didn't. I was like, and you what? know what? It, it didn't you know make any saying? difference. You know, there was one time when I was on the road with Aerosmith uh -huh. and Stephen actually forgot the words to walk this way. So really? he virtually sang his his grocery list. And I'm over there and cop calling and I need some celery on my he was what? reading, he was reading what he was shopping. And you know what? The audience <laughs> didn't care. They only waited for walk this way. <laughs> and that's what they all knew. And outside of that, he was talking about meatloaf and let me in the singer and a yeah, loaf yeah, of bread. Yeah. And loaf of bread. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So guys, we're exactly. going to take a little quick break here and introduce our next guest, the one, the trifecta that's going to tie us all into Aerosmith and rock and roll. Um, so we'll be back in like two seconds. For, I'm actually getting sponsors for the show. This is kind of cool. So we'll be back that's right good. after this. Alexa, listen to the Aftershock XL Network. From the famous Howard Stern and turn Steve Grillo, the Aftershock XL Network. Street Spot Me will find available street parking in your area. Select a spot near your destination. As spot holder, you will receive a notification when someone wants your spot. Tap the accept button. show i've done i don't even this is a, an interviewer's dream i don't even have to ask questions these guys are giving such great stories i got <laughs> d from run dmc we got dmc here we got writer songwriter producer all around talented person a great storyteller mark hudson uh very couple man congratulations his daughter just won a grammy on sunday night and to tie the trifecta of rock and roll history and aerosmith uh we got ruby mazer one of my very good friends and Ruby Mays is here. We're going to bring him up. And yo, the funny thing is, I know Ruby from Club Expo back in the day. Right? Oh, wow. And Club Expo, you played Club Expo. Yes, and it was did. one of the biggest thrills, of, one of my biggest thrills of my life is because I worked there and I knew all the security. I stood next to Jay like this and nobody stopped me. Nobody knew. It was like, yeah. And I, I had my Adidas shirt on and everything. And I was on stage. What year was that? What year was that? God, that had to be Ruby. You might help me with this. 94. And um, I was like, I was on stage. Was you guys, you had no idea. And I know, I know Ruby from Club Expo. And Ruby Expo, was, uh, yeah. Ruby was responsible for the and I Rolling Stones. And watching Daryl. And that's the night I met Tupac. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. I got to smoke I, yeah. I got to smoke blunts with Tupac up in the VIP. I was in charge of the VIP area. And Tupac taught me my first lesson. Never judge a book by its cover. Because he was the nicest, kindest person he ever. Such and, a nice guy. Oh my god. And when he no, so it was not I, what you think. Yeah. And he smoked blunts and I never smelled chronic before. And it smelled so good. So I finally went up to him and I said, I never smelled anything like that. What is that? And he was like, oh, shit, yo, that's the chronic. Here you go. And every time the blunt went around, Pac made sure it came to my hand. So Tupac was amazing. Ruby is, is, is um, a, an incredible artist. He He's responsible for some iconic album covers. But his giant claim to fame is the mouth and tongue logo from the Rolling Stones. Noah, you want to put that picture up? There you wow. go. That's that's from one of the. I would say all three of you. You can also like me, you, and uh, Mark. You can say that that's probably the most iconic rock and roll thing symbol in the world ever. Ever. It's it's like the thing. What was the motivation though? What made you come up with that thing? Nobody's ever asked me that before. I'm sure. That's all they asked. <laughs> It's a, it's a great story where we tell it. I was art director of Paramount right out of college in 
New York in the Gulf and Western building. I was 21 years old and I was, first I was nominated for a Grammy award and all these groups started coming to me to do their album covers. So I, I decided, screw this, I'm gonna open up my own company designing album covers. So we were knocking out about 15 covers a week back in 71. Wow. And then I said, half the music is coming out of California, so I'm going to open up West Coast office as well. Well, we doubled it, and we were doing 30 covers a week. We did all the Atlantic records, Roulette records, um, Capitol, Paramount, ABC, Dunhill, all of them. Wow. And every Thursday, I would get all my covers together to bring to the record companies Friday morning. And Thursday night, uh, my secretary buzzes in. She goes, Ruby, um, I have Mr. Jagger on the phone for you. I thought it was one of my friends screwing around. I said, Elizabeth, leave me alone. I'm busy. Well, the next morning I went in and putting all the covers together and she buzzes in and goes, Ruby, I have Mick Jagger here. I'd like to see you. And I said, Elizabeth, leave me the fuck up alone. I'm... My door opens up and Mick walks in. He says, we're recording across the street at um, Sunset Sound Recording Studio. Could you come over and maybe come up with a, a logo, record sleeve for tumbling dice? So I walk across the street with him and keep it on the floor, drool coming out of his mouth. I guess he was at, in a heavy nap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Heavy. And uh, Mick said, well, I wanted to look like me, but I really wanted to look like me. You know what I mean? Sure. And I kept thinking of, you know, sex and what the Stones portrayed and those lips. Right. And I started messing around with the English flag and I said, nah, that doesn't work. And a caricature of Mick and nah, that doesn't work. So I said, get back to the basics. Simple, you know, the whole screw you attitude of the Stones. Right. And my friend said, come up that weekend to my place. This was 1970. Ruby, you can't do a mouth with the tongue coming out. It's pornographic. I said, it just works. I, you know, it's just simple. It says exactly where they're at. Nobody had done a logo like that before. It was like a little racy. I went up to his house on Mulholland Drive. On Monday morning, was standing outside by his pool. And I said, make if you don't like it, I could change it, redo it, whatever, but I really think it works. And he opens it up and he goes, holy shit, mate. And he pushes me. I fall back into the pool, fully clothed. <laughs> and as I'm going under, I'm saying, he hates it. I am two years old when I did it. Yeah, right. All right, Do you right still I have a little technical difficulties. Sorry about that. Uh, but he's in Hawaii and might be on a uh, poor Wi-Fi connection. Oh, he's in Hawaii. Yeah. Wow, lucky. Yeah, he's in Did Hawaii. He's retired. He, he was uh, he, 10 degrees out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, uh, he used to hang out at Club Expo and we have to have, used to have after hours at his uh, studio. And it was probably the best time at the studio. Can anybody hear me? It was at the nightclub. Yeah, you're a little, yeah, we lost you when you fell but into I the pool. I was boring everybody. No. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I wanted to know, do you still have the original? Did you get to keep it? Actually, I, I lost 3,000 of art and the mouth and tongue original. And do you remember the Beatles album cover where they, I think, only printed 500 of them with the baby dolls and the meat factory? And the meat, yeah. Sure. Do you remember that cover? Sure. Something, anything. Yeah. I had that cover signed by all four of the Beatles. Oh. And that burnt up. Whoa. Oh, God. 
Hey. That's uh, not cool. At least you got to look at it for a while. Steve. Noah, Noah, why don't you put up um, some of the pictures that we pulled up earlier that ties us into Aerosmith. Look at that. There's Steven Tyler. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. And Ruby's got such a distinct original, like, art, the way he paints. Like, no one else paints like oh, that. Wow. That's great. And he's been commissioned by some of the biggest rock icons in the world. And he's just, and I'm proud to be calling him a friend. Art yeah. rules, baby. So, art rules. So, uh, and D, you're, you're an artist. Are you working on anything new? Uh, as far as, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, Mark, but he's an accomplished comic book uh, artist, storyteller. Wow. Yeah, we got, we got a, uh, uh, we're in a, we're in a, we have three uh, graphic novels out now. Uh, excuse me. We're getting ready to put out an eight page 3.5 and then hopefully for next October, we'll be dropping the DMC graphic novel number four at the New York Comic Con. I usually drop each each issue at the New York Comic Con. That's great. Last year we didn't have it, this year we didn't have it. So we're starting to move up and expand. Once we get the fourth graphic novel established, then we can start breaking off uh, you know, each characters with their own episodes and stuff like that. So yeah, oh, I was cool. originally, yeah, I originally grew up drawing comic books first. So it was it was comic books, then it was rock and roll, then it was hip hop. So you said, your, your, your early comic books were what? You were talking like the Flash and Batman. I, and I, was, I was more a Marvel guy because of Stan Lee, because right. he put the superheroes in New York City. I was yep. into DC, Flash. Um, I love the Flash. Batman was always badass. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, Stan Lee was brilliant because he, he made New York City real. You know what I'm saying? He put the superheroes in New York City. So, you know, I was a little kid. When I was in, in Catholic school, I couldn't leave the block. So Stan Lee taught me a, a, a lot about Harlem and Hell's Kitchen and the Lower sure. East Side. I sure. learned all about New York in the comic books. When I was right. producing Ring, when I was producing Ringo, Oh wow! Stan Lee wanted to make do a comic book of Ringo being a superhero, so wow, we actually we actually brilliant. took a meeting with Stan Lee. Wow! Okay, and he ahead. gave me a, a like an original Spider Man and signed it for me. And that's wow, like, that's amazing. That's the stuff that I want. Wow! You have an original Spider Man? Yeah, and he signed it for me. Wow! Stan that's gotta Lee be did. worth. I I I, I I I need to hook up with Ringo. You he would he would love you. just the I need to collab to I need to collab with Rango. That'll be so Rango on the drums and me rapping. I will throw that. I will so throw, throw that, that at him. him. I'll come meet him anywhere. It'll be you. You can write for us. Like we can make great, so, great, so beautiful. Or Rango on the him, drums. Or maybe have him just give us a drum track and yes, throw it's, it to you. Yeah, yeah. Do whatever you want. Right. Okay. Wow. Let's do that. That'll be. <laughs> That'll be great. That'll be amazing. I'll, I'll, get a, I'll get a Ringo drum track, send yes. it to you. You do oh. some stuff. I'll throw down some music underneath it where yeah. we need it. Yep. And then we're sitting oh on a song. People are I can't, yo, I can't believe like something like this is actually happening on my fucking show. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Yep. You know, what, what better place? What better I'm place? on it, man. Well, I, I will just get listen, it to you. you know what? Get the, what, 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 yo, what yo, Steve, what was Steve? When we get off, um, give Mark my contact. Good. Absolutely. So we'll start like that. One of the things, and then I'll... Everybody's, everybody says, like, you know, if you can... If, if, like, I wish I could make money doing what I'm great at. And one of the greatest things I'm at... Do, uh, one of the greatest things I'm great at is taking somebody like Mark Hudson and putting him with uh, DMC and putting you guys together and, and watching you guys make money. <laughs> I can't figure out how to make money off of doing what I'm good at, but I we love doing it. I was look, I love the opportunity to sit here and watch two people that I admire in the music industry collaborate on something that could be quite possibly groundbreaking. Well, it came, it came out of his came out of his head. I, I just thought about when he said Rango. I was like, yo, I, Rango well, was like really, I produced eight albums for him. So I got right, I know that. Yes, history and drum track. So I'm just going to find one that I think is the right groove. I'll send you the groove. You yep. go to town, send it to me. I'll go to yeah, town. We'll go from there. In the end, we send it to Ringo to tell us to fuck off, and he won't right. do it. Exactly. But do, do, do I, at least do I we'll do it. Producer's credit? 
Do I get a producer's credit or something? What's up? We'll give you special thanks. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'll, yeah. that'll pay my rent. No, um, so you, so your I, your music icons. You you got to work with Ringo, Mark. Yeah. What was uh what was D? What was your music icon that made you go, holy shit? I can't believe I'm working with. Oh, Sarah Sarah McLaughlin. Wow. Wow. Because so, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin when she had that song Angel out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That record saved my life. Wow. I was really? gonna kill, yeah, I was going to kill myself. 1996, 97. And it was it was in that movie uh, with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan, City of Angels, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, I, was, I was an alcoholic suicide, a metaphysical spiritual wreck who was about to jump off a building. And I was wow. in a car, I was getting driven in a car, and I'm sitting there plotting how I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to jump, I'm going to drink the poison, I'm going to shoot myself. And the driver of the car, like I had never experienced this, the driver of the car, was he turned to me and he said, D, please don't tell my boss I might get fired, but your music got me through some of the roughest times in my life. He said when he was a little kid, he had the worst parents ever. And all he used to do, he said the best times of his life when he was little, when he would go in his room and listen to the Run DMC cassette, you know, on the Walkman, on the wow. cassette. So I was like, wow, man, you know, thank you for sharing that. And then he said, please don't tell my boss, can I get an autograph? And I was like, you just want, I said, I'll, I'm going to give you an autograph and I'm going to take a picture with you. So he's all amped and he says, can I turn the radio on? And I'm like, yeah, you can turn the radio on. So because I was a rapper, he turns it to the hip hop station. And at that time, I was so depressed. I didn't want to hear rap. I didn't want to live no more. I don't want to hear nothing. I said, yo, turn it to any station except that. And he turned it to Light FM. Oh, and, on, and, and on Light <laughs> FM, I heard that piano and Sarah McLaughlin's voice yeah. in the arms of an angel, an angel. fly away. And I listened to that record for one whole year. That's all I listened wow. to every day. Wow. And here's what's funny, speaking about the Grammys, at the end of that year, my manager gets two tickets to go to Clive Davis' Grammy party. So I tell my manager, I cuss my manager out. F Clive Davis, F music, F the Grammys, F the world. All I need to do is sit here and listen to my Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> so make a long story short, he pleads with me, please go to his Clive Davis party because he wanted to go. If, if I don't go, he don't get it. Yeah, so, sure. you know, we, we go to the party, you know, I get to the party and I'm sitting there. Who walks in? Sarah McLaughlin walks in. So something told me, get up and go tell her what her music did for me. And I walked That's over great, to her man. and it was cool. She sees me coming. She's like, DMC, run DMC. Oh, I love Walk This Way. I love It's Tricky. I love my Adidas. So in my head, I'm going, I'm talking to myself, see, Daryl? That's another reason to stay alive. Even Sarah Whoa. McLaughlin likes your music. So That's I just heavy, say, man. yeah, so I just hit it with Miss McLaughlin. The name of the song is Angel. You sound like an angel. People say you're an angel, but you're not an angel to me. You're God. I listened to your record every day for the last That's year because so I was at the lowest point in my So I finished that Whoa. little and she looks at me, Mark, and she just hits me with this. Thank you for telling me that, Daryl, because that's what music is supposed to do. There it is. There's the message, man. Yeah, it was hey, just something in that song. It's something in that song that that was, you know, the vibration of it, the feeling that now here's what's blowing my mind. I just found out six years ago that that song was written about somebody who committed suicide. Oh, geez. And it That's kept what I mean. They go full circle. Well, listen to this one. So it's I'm going through a divorce. I'm living wow. in my studio. No heat, wow. no bed, no shower. It, it, I was a bohemian mess. And I thought I was going to kill myself. Mm. Now, at that time, I had like a Mercedes 450 with the top down. And I figured, I'm going to put on a complete red outfit and I'm going down LA mm. and I'm going to go where the Crips and the Bloods are mm. and I'm going to stand in front of the other side and mm. have these guys whack me. That's mm. how stupid I was. Wow. So I go there where they all where they all are. 7-Eleven, get out of my car. I'm the only guy dressed in complete red hoping that if I stand there wow. that, that I would be murdered. Right. So check this out. All of a sudden, I scared them. They were going like, he's a bad motherfucker. Don't, don't, don't go near that. 
he's bad. And they what? wouldn't do it. No, they were just, yeah. They were like giving me a sign and they wouldn't murder me because they thought that I was worse than they were. Wow. And I went, okay, well, that's got to be a sign. That's got to be a Wow. And you know, when it comes down to a music too, there's a song, and I'm going to sound like your parents now, Dee, but uh-huh. the, the, the Chai Lights had this, you know, well, I see her face everywhere I and go. I don't have you seen yeah. her? Tell me why. And that was it. Me. And in the end, he he's, he talks and he goes, Yeah, you know, I, I walk down the street and I go to the park, maybe a movie. Yeah. And I'm hoping that she'll come back. And then he and then he sings, Whoa, whoa. And he yeah. did that, and my heart exploded. Mm. That song is now my phone ring. Wow. So when you call me, D, you hear, Wow, <laughs> did you have to? Forever. Because that uh, vibration resonated with it, you. It just, that it, feeling. Like your angel, that stayed in my heart. Yep. So, all right, real quick. what what What's your favorite story? And being like, world famous musicians, and it's like, like, off the top of your head, Mark, you go first. Your, your favorite funny story with like working with another, uh, one that you can tell, like another musician or another person in the industry. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the main you, thing. You got great ones. I love your Aussie stories, but like, you know. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, if you want me to, I can tell you, if you want Ozzy, I'll give it to you. I mean, I had a John Lennon thing that changed my life. But You met the, John Lennon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. D- during the last weekend, my brothers and I were signed to Elton John's label, Rocket Records, and Bernie wow. Toppin was our producer. And so we, we went to uh, a party at Rocket, and everybody in L.A. was being, you know, very groovy, like, oh, yeah, there's a Beatle upstairs, but they've, they've broken up. And I went, a beetle, ran upstairs and sitting in the corner is John Uh Lennon with a drink and a cigarette by himself. Wow. And I walked up to him and I said, John, my name is Mark Hudson. You're the walrus, but I want to be the walrus. And and we're signed on Elton's label. And and, and you have Yoko. I'm dating a black girl named Coco. It's very, very similar. And he's looking at me like, all right, sit down. And I sat down next to him. Wow. And we start talking and he goes, I'll tell you what, Hudson. You can ask me one pedal question every time we're together. You ask me two, I'll punch you in the fucking head. Oh, wow. I was punched by a beetle four times. And, That's and, and amazing. You know, he like, oh, I mean, every, every time, time you saying, would ask him. A- I'd, I'd say, I got a question. He goes, oh, God, what? She's well acquainted with the touch of a velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. That's so deep. And he went, it meant nothing. It sounded good coming off your tongue. <laughs> Sing it with me. Well, acquainted wow. with the touch of a velvet hand. And then I went, what song do you hate the most? Oh. Punch. Wow. Punched by a beetle. You got times. punched by John Lennon. And oh, this Elton would Elton would always take us to clubs that were, the crowd was all in hot pants with shaved heads. Right. And we were sitting there and we're getting drunk, like, we were, it was right. during the last weekend, so the drinks were like flowing big. Right. And John started to doodle on the napkin, like one of his pieces of art. And I'm oh, thinking wow. to myself, oh God, just to Mark from John, I wanted to get him to sign it. And then the waitress came by and just cleared the whole table into oh, a bag. Oh. And I'm like, no, <laughs> in slow motion, trying to catch it. A wow. song comes on and it's, when will I see you again? again. When will your love oh, wish you a moment? moment. And John went, oh, I love this song. And I, I thought, you love this song? He goes, oh, yeah, come on, Hudson, let's go have a dance. So the three brothers, my brothers and uh-huh. John, went to the dance floor with these guys named Spartacus and Erectus. And they were they all, you dropped your keys, you had to kick them back to your car because it was wow. a dangerous club. And wow. there we were. We danced with John Lennon. Grooving with that's Lennon. amazing. I know. I've never forgotten it. Never. Oh, how could and you? Being punched Wait, four so... times. Yeah, well, I can't believe I, I got punched to bring by this John up. Lennon. Yeah. Well, well you got to Wait, yeah. you're, you're you're a fan of uh, Family Guy, right? Yes. You, you, yeah. So apparently, uh, you know, Seth MacFarlane is a big Hudson Brothers fan, as of incorporating Huge. Family Guy. Into the Hudson Brothers into Family Guy. Into family yeah, guy. so I think like last yeah. Sunday or two, two Sundays ago, the Hudson Brothers were on Family Guy. And I'm thinking oh, it's been amazing. like decades since we've been anything. And now there's this resurgence of they talked about us on Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
right. did a whole segment on us in Family Guy. I figured if I can stuff my pants and put on a wig, I'll go play again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's it's eternal. It never gets old. It's eternal. There's always someone yeah, who's going to like it. Exactly. They're, they're no, always, you're always being re-revealed. It's all about revelation. Absolutely. They're known, yeah. they're, they're, they're known for D, their I love how you way. think, man. D, uh, I'm loving, I love how you think. I mean, it's it's like, I guess, you know, we're, we're, we're all from the minds of John Lennon. And we all Absolutely. wish we could get punched four times. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I loved every bruise. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. I take you know, it my, any day. My favorite story is Michael uh, Michael Jackson about to kill us because Jason scared Bubbles. Oh the no! Monkey. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Michael. I, it's a long story, but real quickly, Michael Jackson wanted to work with us. So my wow. joke is, why we never made the record? This was like 1986, 87. That's Walk This Way, my Adidas deal. Like, we was killing right there. Yeah. So my joke is, why didn't you make the record? Oh, he's too busy to work with Michael. But that's not why. What had happened was Mike wanted to make a, make a record with us, so he calls us to his studio. His studio used to be on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. I, I think it's Paramount Studio or something. Yeah. He used to have a studio right on Santa Monica Boulevard. So he calls us in for lunch. We get there like one o'clock. We're supposed to eat lunch at two. He doesn't show up till six. So long story short, Michael Jackson comes in and he got Bubbles the monkey with him, right? <laughs> so he comes in and he's talking about what he's talking about what he want to do with us. And, you know, I'll never forget the day that Michael Jackson called me great. He was wow. like, Run DMC, you guys are great. You guys are incredible. So I'm sitting there in my mind, and you gotta, what's funny, Mark, none of us is saying anything. So if you can read my mind, I'm going, oh shit, this is Michael Jackson. Absolutely. He's, call, he's calling me great. And so he had But you're not allowed to show, him. you can't show that face when he's right. saying it. You gotta yeah, look you cool. just gotta sit there and look cool. Yeah. So long story short, he got bubbles with him. And and Jay was the first one to have the big dookie rope chain with the gold Adidas on it. Yes, sure. Right. So in the middle of Michael talking to us, he stops because he, he looks at Jay's chain and says, Oh my God. That's so beautiful. So he asked Jay, could he try the chain on? So Jay takes off the chain and he puts it on Michael's neck and Michael is, is b-boying with the chain. Like it was That's cool so to see Michael, you know, Michael Jackson in the b-boy stance. So um, Bubbles had, Michael had gave Bubbles to his assistant. So when Mike took the chain off to put it back on Jay's neck, Bubbles would sit with the assistant and he didn't, it wasn't violent. When when Michael went like that to Jay's around Jay's neck, Bubbles went to Jay for Jay to pick him up. But when Bubbles but Jay, lunged Jay at Jay, Jay was like, "What the right?" Jay was like, "What the fuck, yo, motherfucker!" <laughs> so that is so crazy. The air, hold on, Bubbles jumps in the air, and everything went in slow motion. Mark, Bubbles is in the air, free fall, and just hear Michael go, "Oh my God, Bubbles!" <laughs> So Michael catches oh my bubbles. God. Michael catches bubbles, and it's a true story. Michael turns around and he gives us the meanest look I've ever seen. I mean, oh this look God. was so evil. Like this look was like you just fucked with my monkey. That's right. <laughs> and DJ wow. Hurricane from the Beastie Boys was with us. DJ Hurricane from the Beastie Boys was with us. So. Hurricane's crying, laughing, because he's trying not to bust out and laugh. In, in, in a... So he's trying to hold a laugh. I just looked at Michael Jackson, and I just said, okay, we damn sure ain't making the record now. And we never made the record, yeah. It was crazy, though. But the yeah. funny thing, Michael said, oh, my God, Bubbles. That's he so called Bubbles, and he just, I've never seen, yo, Michael looked at us with the most evil look like y'all just fucked with my monkey. Nobody <laughs> fucks with bubbles. And after that, we never got another phone call. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How every time, every, what really happened was after that, after we had, we had dinner with Michael, he told us what he wanted to do. But every time he was ready, we'd be like, yo, Michael, we're in Japan. And then we would come home. Every time we was ready, Michael would be in Europe. So we never got to make the record. It's amazing when it never happens. Yeah, I know. But I'm happy. I got to meet Bubbles. That's so great. <laughs> I was attacked by Bubbles. I was attacked by Bubbles. Yeah. You know, there was one. Yeah. This, this isn't much of a story, but I always tell it whenever I'm in the studio. 
I, I had an office at Village Recorder in Santa Monica, and everybody was recording the, the Fleetwood Mac album. Everyone was working there. And Jermaine Jackson was there doing his first solo album. Oh, Let's wow. get serious. Yeah. Serious. First record. Now, my brothers and I, I mean, in the 70s, there was like, you know, the Osmond family, the Hudson brothers, the right. Jacksons. We were all doing the TV shows around the same yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Same, same arena. So we knew each other. We, I knew them all, you know, Latoya, La Jolla, uh, Jermaine, all of them. Right. And I heard he was making a record. So I was with my brother and I said, well, he's in Studio D. Can we go down and, and say hello? And the guy said, yeah, sure, man, you can come down. So I walked downstairs with my brother, Brett, mm -hmm. walk into Studio D. And it's, that's like the main studio, big SSL board and stuff. And Jermaine is sitting down as the main guy, and Tito is standing next to him with like a little hat bent to the side on his afro, and the song was just grooving. Now, in, in studio land, when you come into the studio, and, and you know this, D, you kind of have to like sit in the back and you wait for the song to be over, and then you can approach, because right. they're in the middle of a mix or middle of whatever. Right, right. You don't right. want to jump the gun and, and cause trouble, so right. we're hanging back. And playing the song, and the song kind of ends. And before we could walk up, Jermaine goes, I don't know, it's the most important. And at that point, he was married to Barry Gordy's daughter. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he was married to her. And he I goes, I'm going to make the best first solo album, Jermaine Jackson. I'm going to make it best record Motown's had. My, 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 my pop, who he called Gordy, is going to be proud of this. He goes, All right, Tito, when you hear the hit, kick drum goes boom, I want you to hit the mud. And then unmut, boom, boom, hit the mutt. And he's saying, hit the mutt. Right. And, and I looked at my brother, Brett, and I went, is he saying hit the mutt? And Brett goes, yeah, just, just be quiet. Goes, All right, boom, mutt. Unmut, boom, boom, mutt. And he's saying mutt. So they finish the song. We walk up to say hello. And as I'm hugging Jermaine, I look down uh -huh. at the board, and uh -huh. the mute button had the E worn off from people pressing it too much. Oh. So it said mutt. So it became the hit mutt. mutt. From that day forward, yeah. oh it's a standard God. thing in that studio. When you hit the mutt, you're cutting it off. You can't because Jermaine Jackson. I love that. Just hit the mutt. Oh, guys, mutt. guys, I know I know uh, D, you gotta go in half a minute. So I, I think can we do part two of this? Because I don't think this is over. I think that you guys are first of all, you guys are great together. I'm so glad I can introduce you to and like, there's so many great stories that I know. D, you have to tell and Mark. So maybe one day next week, I'll you guys got a free yeah. hour. Okay, Mark, yeah. would you be, I'm going to hook you guys up afterwards. So I'm, I'm coming thank everybody back. For, I'll come okay. back only if D's coming back. Yeah, definitely. You got it. Let's All right. do it. So we'll, we'll do we'll do story time with, 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 with D and Mark. How about that? Exactly. It'd be oh, fun, yeah. man. All right. All right. Cool. So I'm, I'm going to have thank nightmares you guys for about bubbles on. now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you were little, when you were a kid, did you used to blow bubbles? No. Says, yeah, out the, out the, out the thing. You know, 25 he said, thing. He says, he says hi. Oh, they blow bubbles. Okay. <laughs> you see? I, you, Sorry. I, I, I didn't answer that. <laughs> yeah, I was I waiting for Mark to finish it, but um, so yeah, I I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go down that path. You want to go down that path? Yeah. Roy McDonald. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, next time, exactly. hold on. Next time, Mark. Next time, I just got to hit the mutt. <laughs> hit him up. Yeah, yeah. When he talking, man, hit I want to give a shout out to my boy Alfie at Sterling Assault, who did all my rings, except for my Ooh. grandfather's ring oh, nice. over here. He does custom jewelry and uh, he does works mostly in silver, but does gold. He did the aftershock oh. ring. You can see that. Um, awesome. at Sterling Assault, you can go check him out. Just browse through his website, and if you like something, you can order it off there. Or if you want something custom, Mark or or Daryl, well, you can no, just call Alfie out. My, my wife I'll is sweet that. Melissa Jewelry. Oh, she's making yeah, all yeah, this great Melissa. stuff. I have yes. one. I have one. I know you do. From Roy McDonald. Yeah. Next time I'll and wear it. Stephen Tyler's got one. They're Dua Lipa's got. They're all getting them now. She's where can they get that? Than I've ever been. Sweet where, Melissa Julie. Okay, Sweet Melissa Julie. Sweet uh, Melissa Julie. All right. That's the sweet Melissa Julie. Do you D, have anything you, you want to plug, buddy? No, D. Say something. If you have a saying that you want to say, like "Where's my Where's Bubbles?" She'll make you one of these bracelets. That has oh, handwritten 
sentence on it. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, okay. Levitate. You can say whatever you want. Gotcha. Got you. Just you know, hit the mutt. Whatever. Cool. The yeah, there you that. go. <laughs> Get, getting ready to drop a new song. It'll probably be out. Um, let me see. It'll probably be out. It's March, April. It'll probably be out by May. It's a, we did um, we did a collaboration song. It's me, Travis Barker, Mick Moss from Motley Crue. Yeah. Whoa. Um, 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 Sebastian Bach and, and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Oh yeah, Duff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we got some coming very soon. It's called "She Gets Me High." I can't wait to hear that yeah, one, man. She gets me high. And what, and about, I your your, what about your comics? Oh yeah, Darren makes comics. You can find it if you can, you can find the three current volumes out now at any comic book store. If the comic book store don't have it, they can order it for you. Uh, three point five will be out in May, and then hopefully in October, DMC number four will be out. Great, and I did I did uh, the last Badfinger record, Joey Mullen. Oh, get out the, of here! The remaining Badfinger. I did a wow. record that's out called. It's out uh, now. Be, it's out now on Omnivore Records. Be true I'll to yourself. Julian Lennon did the album cover and sang background. Oh, uh, Mickey Dolan sang background. Get Steve Holly from McCartney's oh, band is the drummer. I mean, it's really it sounds like Badfinger, but now, and okay. I'm pretty proud I'll of it. Omnivore Records. So that's my okay. plug. Joey okay, Mullen, gotcha. be true to yourself. SweetMelissaJewelry.com. I'll say thank you to all of my audiences. You know where to find me. Grillo Vader, uh, Instagram, Steve Gorilla on Twitter. And, you know, uh, on Facebook, there's the Aftershock Excel fan page. So I want to thank you guys for coming on. Peace. Peace.